You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Today is our Compassion Sunday, the last leg of our Selfless uh, series, and we would want to feature Real Life Foundation. And uh, this is really um, an important ministry for uh, our, uh, our, our, our congregation because this is uh, an outlet or an avenue for us to support the poorest of the poor who can't send themselves to school. Real Life uh, currently supports 250 scholars in 26 different locations across the Philippines. Indeed, the gospel is at work. And I hope that you'll take part in this uh, really venture as we really uh, extend, uh, really help, and become a blessing to the marginalized, uh, not just through finances, but we would want to really uh, move them one step closer to the relationship with God. I hope that you will join our real-life talks, and uh, I hope that you are excited for this week, though we don't really see at times... Uh, a great week ahead of us. One thing I'm fully convinced of, that indeed we have a great God. Amen? That at times we don't have to go out of our way to be awesome because we know we have an awesome God. And that is something that gives me the confidence to look beyond my situation. So at the end of the series, we would want in this series to have a deeper understanding of uh, how God would want to uh, use us and how God would want to use our marriages, our uh, lives for his glory and honor so we are right now going to cap our series with this week selfless and today is our compassion uh, sunday and one of the venues in order for us to really be a blessing to the marginalized is to send uh really uh young men and women to school that can't afford to send themselves to school this is why it is important more than whatever we're doing here and our growing relationship with god that everything that we're doing should move people closer to god how many of you here are fully convinced that more than just you coming to know the lord that god wants to use you mightily to bring more people into his kingdom amen, amen. are you thankful that god can use you in that capacity right so more than anything else, the reason why we're missional, the reason why we want to move people with our lives, with our marriages, with everything that we do on a daily basis, we want people to testify that God is at work in our lives. With our relationship with God, God wants to use you more than just uh, for your own happiness and your consumption, that indeed you are a Christian who's happy and you're glad with how the Lord has blessed your life. But more than anything else, we would want people to get to know God because of how uh, the Lord has changed our lives. And I hope, just like what I mentioned a week ago, that everything that we do should move people. They would ask, okay, what, uh, what is uh, with what you have that uh, uh, you're, you're, you have joy, happiness, though uh, there are a lot of things that you are uh, at times are, 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 are worried or probably there are a lot of challenges that comes your way and yet you maintain the composure that though things may not go the way you want it to be, you're just, what? You're, you're stable and secure. That is why... If, if, if you have a relationship with God, okay, you don't easily get discouraged. Because at the end of the day, you know that you're not fighting life alone. And that is what I want people to see. That when you uh, serve God and when you follow God, yes, there are challenges. And yet people can still uh, take a closer look of your life and they will see that indeed you have God. And that will bring them one step closer to God. And the reason why we're like this, because we're not just in, enjoying the life that God has blessed us with. That after this life, after this life, all of us, if you have a relationship with God, your future is secured, not because of how good you are, but because of how good God is. That beyond this life, there is life after life. Come on now. That our lives will not end within this lifetime. That we have been blessed with eternal life because of what Jesus did on the cross. Doing what is good is, in fact, not even based on what you feel. There are days that you don't feel good, but you have to do good because there are... A lot of moments and accounts in your life where God has all the reason not to give you what's good, but He opted to do you what 
is good. Because God's goodness and His love is unconditional. You understand? Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus Christ was kneeling and was telling His Father, not my will be done. I believe that Christ is also hesitant of what? Of uh, going to the cross. But He said to His Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. Do you understand? And I know that for some of you here, the basis of why you do good because it is centered on you. You might not accept it, but at the end of the day, we do good because we want to impress people. We want to give the best foot forward. One of the qualifiers that I realize that at times I think uh, I need to remind myself as well, there are times I do good. If people will not thank me for doing what is good, I feel bad. If people will not return the favor, I feel bad. It goes to say that my doing good is centered on me, not centered on people. And just like what we've mentioned, this series is about being selfless. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about what pleases God. This is why in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, and I want to replace the word you with my name. Would that be fine? If you see the word you, replace it with your name as well. Good? And Ryan was dead. Let me say that once again. Replace it with your name. Okay? Don't you ever mention my name. That's my name. That's not your name. Okay? Kidding. And Ryan was dead in the trespasses and sins in which Ryan once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all all the person beside you everyone in this world live in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and we are what by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind but i want to pause for a while i'm glad the word bot was invented but god being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loves us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, He had been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of, not a result of works that no one may for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow. I'm glad the word bot was invented. Do you understand that though this is how we live our lives because of what Jesus did on the cross, God changed His mind. It was what Jesus did. What Christ did was a game changer. God has prepared that we suffer His wrath. But because of what Christ did, He took the bullet. He went to the cross and died. On the cross, God changed His mind. That we used to be people of uh, darkness. And now we are enjoying being in the light because of what Christ did. And what the Word of God has stated is that all of us, from verse 1 to 3, are subject of His wrath. This is the bad news. It says right here, let me say this once again. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. You are always bound to do what is not proper and displeasing before God. 
You are designed to disobey. You're designed to rebel. You're designed, though you have promised yourself, I want to be good, just like me. 23 years ago, I have promised myself, I want to do what is good, but I end up doing what is bad. How many of you here can relate with me? You have promised to do good. I promised myself not to steal. I ended up stealing from my mom. I can't control my hands. It has a demonic power that causes it to move. I don't want to watch pornographic materials, but I find myself scanning through my Betamax tapes. Some of you can relate. Because I'm dead. You can't expect me to to do what is pleasing to God. This is our lives. And because of our, uh, our, our ways, we are subjected to the wrath of God. Among whom we all once live in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. That you're perverted, immoral, and sensual. That you indulge in the affairs of the world. And you're trying your best to change, but you ended up being the same mud. And we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But how many of you here are thankful that God has brought you in and has invited you into His family? Chapter 1, you've been adopted into His family. Isn't that a great reason to rejoice this afternoon? Come on now. Therefore, you can only appreciate the bad news when you understand the good news. And a lot would abuse their newfound faith in Christ. That as long as I'm attending church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm a Christian, I think I'm comfortable with where I am. You don't understand of where the Lord took you out from where you are from to where you are now. And if you have a full understanding, you can help but raise your hand in worship. Lord, maraming salamat for bringing me in, for taking me out of the dark that I used to live this life, and it was a miracle how God brought you from where you are to where you are right now. You can help but rejoice and thank God for what He has done. I hope every single day we rejoice that we don't have to wait for a Sunday or a Saturday gathering in order for us to worship God every morning. Whether you feel it or not, God brought you out of the dark. I don't want to be there. No, no. That's a song from okay, Gary V. We are all sinners in need of redemption. So if you understand the good news, that God being what? Rich in mercy. That He is not merciful. He's full of it. You can't exhaust Him. That He's not just merciful. He's he's rich in mercy. Now I want you right now to think of a rich person, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. Now God is not just merciful. He's rich in mercy. That if you come to Him, God will take you in 24-7. He would take you in. So if you're here right now, you're walking in condemnation because of what took place in the past, I promise you one thing. When you come to God, He'll take you in. He'll accept you. He'll approve of you. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. So if some of you here, just like me, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know of what happened to you in the past, that you don't deserve God's acceptance. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God will accept you. Because every time God looks at you, He would look at the cross. You don't deserve it, but because of what the cross did, I'm taking you in. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that we worship. That no amount of sin can intimidate God because of the grace or the great love with which He loved us. Even when we are dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, He has been saved. God's great mercy. Is the very reason why we don't deserve the wrath of God. 
because we have a merciful God. It is because of the mercy of God that we don't deserve what we deserve. Do you understand? It says right here, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us. There are more than just the mercy of God. There is such thing in our relationship with God of His great love for all of us. And I know we're familiar with the word or the phrase God's unconditional love, but I want you to understand when we live out there, there are days that you don't feel like you're loved by God because you're not performing well. You're not a good student. You're not a good employee. You're not a good husband or wife. There are days that you don't feel like you're a good person. Am I correct? Because the basis of what? Of your goodness is based on what? Your ways, your character, your attitude. But in the eyes of God, before you wake up this morning, you are accepted and loved by Him. There is nothing in this world that you will do more to be loved by God. There is nothing in this world that you will do more or less to be loved by God. You are loved by God, period, whether you like it or not. So if you are in a situation where you feel like I'm loved by God because I'm a good wife, you're getting it all wrong. The basis of God's goodness is not your goodness. The basis of God's love because He is God and He loves you so much, period. Come on now. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you by His poverty might become rich. There was an exchange. And the more that you realize that he did not only pay the penalty of sin, that there was a, a great exchange that took place in the cross. You will forever appreciate that God, thank you for loving me. Because there is no reason for this. In fact, I don't want to call this as an exchange. Alam niyo po yung tawag na kaliwaan? You call it an exchange. I don't, in fact, agree that there was, in fact, a great exchange, but people would call it a great exchange because there is nothing that we can give to God. Everything came from Him. Haven't you noticed? Haven't you asked yourself? What, what do you have that God needs? There is nothing that we can offer to God. Our worship, in fact, the worship that you're giving to God, you're raising your hand, it is not for His benefit. Whether you worship God or not, He deserves all the worship. There are millions of angels that can worship God. In fact, you worshiping God is not for God. It's for you. Because you become who you worship. I'm not saying that you, you will become God. But the character, the nature, it is for your own benefit. The more you're exposed to God, the more that you imitate His nature and His character. And that's the reason why about uh, two or three weeks ago, we talked about imitating God. Because we can imitate God because we are totally appalled with who God is. This is why, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Say the word alive. And I was reminded when I was in, I don't know if grade school, in high school, that was about seven years ago. I had a friend. Their family, his dad is a politician, their family owns a funeral parlor. Okay? Do you understand? Funeral parlor. Iba po to sa beauty parlor or sa pizza parlor. Iba po ito. Okay? And, and uh, we would sneak out and, and, and go to the morgue. And I don't know what's, what's happening in, in my hypothalamus, okay? Or my brain, why we would go that far and, and just talk to dead people. Uh, we would make fun and... and you, you can't demand anything from a dead person. They will always, always say yes, and that's the reason why. When we are tempted, when we are asked to do something that is not pleasing to God, we say yes to it. Why? We're dead. 
But how many of you here are thankful that we are fully alive in Christ? Amen. That's the reason why if you look at the, the story of the prodigal son, Luke 15, if you're familiar with the story of the prodigal son, the father saw the son, the younger son, on his way back home. Make a long story short, it was not the remark of the father. When he saw his son, he said, this son of mine is dead. Now he's alive. So therefore, if you're uh, an individual or you've been coming to this church and you, you feel like the responsibility of a Christian is to go out there and be good, I have nothing against it. But that was not the instruction. And some of us are condemned because we're not good and we will never be, from, uh, be good and we are far from being good. Am I correct? But my point here at the end of the day, our goal is not to be good. Our goal is to be alive. In fact, when we came to know the Lord, we've been fully alive because alive people do good. So don't struggle trying to be good. You ask yourself, am I alive in Christ? Because only alive people can do good. If you're here right now, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to do what is good, proper, and pleasing. That's not the goal. The goal is to be alive in Christ. And because of what Christ did, we are now alive in Christ. Therefore, we can do what is good. Goodness is the byproduct of being alive in Christ. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Panginoon pa nagbigay sa atin ng kalakasan na mabuhay sa pangalan niya. That we are alive in Christ. Therefore, whatever God has bestowed upon us, that we are fully alive in Christ, it was the gift of God. There is nothing that you can do to earn this. You just have to say, God, tinatanggap ko, I'm, I'm accepting what you're asking me to do. That is to accept Christ in my life. Not a result of good works so that no one may boast. Wala po ipagmayabang. Because it was because of the effort of God. And He gave us an opportunity over and over again. Everything that He did was according to His own effort. It was God who brought you here. It was God who softened your heart. It was God who did everything so that you will come to uh, the saving knowledge of Christ. Everything that God did was for you. So if you're here right now and you're thankful that you are part of God's family, can we give Him the glory? And raise us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that we are now fully alive. So when you understand the good news, you can help but do the good works. Some people will have to be coerced to do what is good. You can't do good if you're dead. You can do what is pleasing. You cannot if you're dead. You have to be alive first to do what is good. So if you're asking a pastor, how come I'm changing? How come I'm transforming? Pastor, bakit? I have a desire to do what is right, proper, and pleasing. Because you're now fully alive in Christ. How many of you here can relate with the first six months? Every time that you curse. Okay? And at times you're cursing in your mind. You feel bad. Because you're no longer dead. You're alive in Christ. How come there is a reminder of the Holy Spirit in our hearts that we used to live that life, but right now, I, I, I just can't help what's happening with me. Why am I changing? Why can't I touch these things? Why can't I, I click this website? Why can't I lie? I want to do what is proper, pleasing, and, 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 and good before God. Because you're alive, you can say no to sin. You can do what is good. And because of the good news, you can do good works. And the same chapter says that we used to live in this kind of life, that we serve the power of the prince of the air, that we used to live in the dark, but because of God's great mercy, His love, that we have been fully alive in Christ. Now the byproduct of that 
is a reminder, for we are His workmanship. At the end of the day, we're created by God in Christ Jesus for good works. This is who we are now. So if you're struggling doing what is good, don't, don't promise yourself, starting today, I promise to do good. You can beat your chest like a monkey, but at the end of the day, I don't know why it dawned on me, but it crossed my mind, but you can beat your chest. But that's not what will give you the reason. You retrace your step and say, God, am I really alive in Christ? Because when we are alive in Christ, we realize and we will recognize that we have a new identity. This is who you are right now. That you're an imitator of God. You just can't help but imitate God, do what pleases God. So if you're here right now and you're asking yourself, how come I do things that are not right? Because you're not alive in Christ. That you have to come to your senses and say, and ask God, God, can you once again allow your spirit to resuscitate me, to give me the life that I have in Christ? This is who you are. You do what is good because you're fully alive in Christ, which God prepared beforehand. This is what we do in Christ. That everything that we do is to be of help, to be a blessing to people. To be used by God. And some of you here, you feel like that being good is a requirement. I'm a Christian, I need to do good. No, it's not a requirement. It's the byproduct of who you are in Christ. It's your identity that you do good. It's what you do because you're no longer a slave to sin. But you are a slave to righteousness. That we should walk in them. That this is what we're known for. You know, in the New Testament, when people are in need of help, if they need to ask a group of people to adopt orphans and help widows, did you know that in the Bible, the first group of people they would think are Christians? Widows and orphans. Default, whether they're not part of the church, we need to ask for help from this group. That's their default. That is their reaction. That is what they do. The first group of people in their minds are Christians. Now my question with you right now, who will be the group that they can think of and be reminded of? Because at the end of the day, we're the only. We're not the only organization that we're not just concerned of people. But our expression of how we can be good to people is not because we just would want to provide assistance and help. Our posture of being good is not because we want to please them. We, 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 we're, not, we're not only motivated by the need. We're motivated on how Christ went about loving us, caring for us, being generous to us. How many of you here are thankful that God is generous to you? You're not. Come on now. I don't think you're thankful. Because if you're thankful that God is generous, so you can help but be generous. That's the expression. May nakita na ba kayong taong masayang-masaya? Yung saya ko. Talagang saya-saya ako. Guys, I'm happy. You can help a person. If a person is happy, he'll explode with joy and happiness and gladness. Same thing with generosity. If you have collided with the generosity of God, you can help but be generous. If you have, been, if you have collided with the love of God, you can't help but love people. The reason why you can love people because He first loved you. 
For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. It is the will of God. So if you do, you're doing what is good, it's the will of God. And the Word of God states, even Jesus Christ has validated, my food is to do the will of my Father in heaven. See, if you're doing good, if you're reaching out to the poor, if you're a blessing to the orphans or the widows, or, or your family members that are in need of help, Pastor Tamade, that's another, another topic. <laughs> but my point is, we have that perspective, that mindset. That I'm not just doing what is good because it feels so good. I'm not just doing what is good because it's the right thing to do. This is what alive people do. And if you're alive in Christ, we don't have to discuss doing what is good. You will do what is good. And what sets us apart with other organizations from Red Cross to Red Crescent or any other social civic organizations, I'm not against them. I love them. I do pray for them. That we're not just providing assistance. That we're not just giving them money. That we're not just giving them what they want. We go beyond giving them what they need. We go beyond life. And we want them to have eternal life. That we're not fixing their problem and helping them while they're alive. Even if they die, we're concerned of that. In fact, the worst thing that you can do is to help the person, whether financially or in any other ways, without sharing the gospel. Because a person can go to school and have a good life and a great family. But if he's going to hell, you have lost the chance. We just don't offer life. We just don't offer assistance. We just don't help people. But we want to share the gospel to them. And if you're a Christian and you're caught up and you're consumed sharing the gospel and telling people about Jesus, but you're not helping them with what they need, that is not the gospel. Good works and a good God should go hand in hand. That providing for what they need in this life should go with eternal life. We have a good God who has made us alive to do good works. Ladies and gentlemen, you can only do what is good when you have collided with a good God who has made you alive in Christ because of what he did on the cross, that he is rich in mercy and he is and he has made us fully alive in Christ. This is why we are motivated to do what is good because a good God has made us fully alive in Christ. We can do what is impossible we can do what is inconvenient because alive people naturally do what is good. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you that we can do what is good, what is pleasing. So today I pray that each and every person in this room will not just do good because it feels good, it sounds good, not because it is just plainly good. We do good because we are fully alive in Christ. Can we just raise our hands across the room, all of us? Lord, thank you. I want you right now for the next one, two minutes to thank God for His goodness in your life. And because of the goodness of God, I hope that the goodness of God 
will bear fruit, will be translated in doing what is good. Nang kabutihan ng Panginoon maging gabay sa ating kabutihan. Na magiging mabuti tayo sa kapwa natin because God has forgiven us. God has redeemed us. God has moved us and He has allowed us to experience His mercy, His love, His grace. So Lord, thank you for this opportunity that you will allow us to do good. And I want you to thank Jesus for making you alive in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You can put down your hands. And as we bow our heads and close our eyes, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be fully alive in Christ. And the way to go about this is to accept Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. So if you want to be fully alive in Christ, I want you to accept Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. And if you want to do this, all over again because you don't see any fruit in your life, you can do so. But I want to give you this opportunity to accept Christ. By praying this simple prayer with the help of our intercessors and our leaders, if you want to accept Christ, pray this prayer after me. Say this after me, Jesus, I receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Make me alive in Christ because only alive people do good.